Welcome to Coached Up, the official podcast of Coaches Versus Cancer. Thank you for joining us. I'm DJ Allen, and it's game time. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for supporting Team Coaches Versus Cancer. And you're a part of our team just by listening to this podcast, Coached Up, and we're so excited today to be joined by one of the newest faces when it comes to the leaders of coaches around the nation who are leading the fight against cancer through Coaches Versus Cancer, University of Hawaii head coach, Aron Ganat. Coach, you've been really good to Hawaii. Led Hawaii to its first NCAA tournament win in 2016. Your first five seasons at Hawaii, you've had more wins than any coach in Hawaii history, even with a leave of absence and last year the season being cut short. But I know Hawaii's been good to you. You're a New Jersey kid who loves living in Hawaii. How does that happen? Well, I always say the profession takes you places if you're good to it. So, you know, I, grew, I was born in Philly. I grew up in New Jersey. And all of a sudden, here I am coaching in Hawaii, 5,000 miles away from where I grew up. So, like you said, Hawaii has been really good to me. It's been great to our family. Uh, how does that happen? I think it's, uh, you know, just, you know, again, being around the right people, um, learning from the right people, growing, and then getting to a great spot. So, we couldn't be happier. I always tell people, too, why, why Hawaii? Well, everybody always jumps out at the weather and the beauty, which is true. Uh, but the reason it's connected for us is the people. Uh, the weather, as crazy as it sounds, because we know how good it is, is the second best part of Hawaii. When you can come there as a 24-year-old, and now, you know, this is my second stint, my 10th year, uh, but have family. I have a Hawaiian mom, a Hawaiian dad, aunties and uncles, and same with my wife, same with my daughter. So, it's a great place to raise a family. It's a special place that we don't we we understand and we don't take lightly. We're on a coaches versus cancer podcast, talking to one of the top coaches in the nation when it comes to helping coaches versus cancer, one of the top young coaches in the nation. But there's a, a college that probably doesn't get mentioned much on national basketball podcast. Swarthmore College. Coach, tell us about Swarthmore. Uh, it's a great school. It's had a huge influence for me. It's a small school uh, near Philadelphia. Um, so it was about two hours from where I grew up. It's obviously known for its uh, academics and it's prestigious in that regard. It's one of the top uh, liberal arts schools in the country almost every year, usually number one. Um, and then recently it's made some moves athletically. Uh, I was very proud of the last couple of years. Uh, Landry's done a great job there. They went to the uh, national championship a year before and last year before their season was cut short they were the number one team in the country so um, if we, I think it was only 1400 students uh, again a, a lot of really good uh, people there a, a very small town kind of community um, and it was around great basketball we're talking about the big five and so um, it was very it had um, a lot of influence and impact for me uh, even though I'm so far away now and the head coach there coach Wimberley has been impactful as well. So you go from being a D3 player at 33 years old, you become a head coach at the Division I level with Hawaii. How does that happen so quickly? You know, I think uh, a lot of hard work um, and a lot of luck. Um, being around, like I said earlier, it's all about, you know, I'll probably say this later on in this call, but every decision I've made and every decision people I believe should make should be based on number one, uh, being around great people and, and not about money. And number two, um, 
places where you'll grow, uh, where you'll get better, where the people there will, are not only are of the highest integrity, but they'll also challenge you and help you grow. So um, I think I was around, you know, I've only been around two programs uh, and, and now next year is my 18th year. That's kind of rare uh, as you navigate. So I feel very fortunate, but, you know, working at going to Swarthmore, then learning under Randy Bennett, who's one of the best in the country, uh, going from there after one stint to Riley Wallace in Hawaii and Bob Nash. And uh, those two guys are, you know, with Bennett in his 20th year, next year, Wallace did 20 years. My college coach was there for 20 plus years. So um, I think that was the big piece. I, I learned uh, two really good ways to go about things uh, in, in somewhat different approaches, but the right approaches for them. Um, and I think uh, that led me to the opportunity at Hawaii. So that's why I said there's a lot of guys out there that are doing it as well uh, as the grind I went through. Um, so that's why I say sometimes it's a little bit of luck as well. And uh, when the opportunity comes, you got to be ready for it. You talked about some of the leaders you had the opportunity to be around. What traits do you value in leaders? That's a great question because I, I think we talk about leadership within our program. And this happened in the programs I've been about, uh, with as much as you do kind of your jump shot in the X's and O's. It is huge. Um, so that's a long answer, but I'm trying to uh, do my best here. Uh, to go quick, but because you know, everyone knows you, you can't be a leader if number one, you don't set an example. If you're not about, if you don't have a tremendous work ethic and uh, not about the right stuff, not a great communicator, but some of the separators really for me is uh, really first is consistency, um, reliability. You got to be counted on every day. Leadership's a 24 seven thing. Um, integrity, um, authenticity, because you got to be who you are. Vulnerability, because as they do, as your, the younger generation does, we do, we make mistakes. Um, not only can you have to show your ability to own it, you got to own it in the moment. So uh, in the moment, leadership, I think is important too, because you can talk about all these things, but how you handle certain situations because they will be thrown at you left and right and how effectively you do that and how quickly you do that in, in some regards is important uh, in terms of sending the message. So I think a bunch of those things, there's more, uh, but those jump out at me, that, that there's a presence and a, a trust and respect that guys just naturally feel uh, when they're around you or other leaders um, that encompasses all those things. Obviously, recruiting is so critical for what you do. And from the outside, it's so easy for us to concentrate on the talent. And listen, as coaches, we need talent to win. We know that. But we need great teammates. What traits do you look for in teammates? I think you can piggyback on some of the things I said earlier. Um, I think some of that is the consistency in the messaging. Um, like I said, consistency and reliability. Foxhole guys, um, guys who are, you know you can count on every day that you can have a relationship with, with on and off the court. Um, I should have said this earlier. I don't know why, but it's probably number one in terms of leadership and certainly in terms of a teammate is unselfish. Um, so the are sacrifice, want to sacrifice for the, for the others. But um, at the end of the day, the biggest thing I think is that you can look in them in the eye and know that you count on them. Let's talk about the unselfishness because <clears throat> we know as we get these young people and if they're going to play at the D1 level, they are talented. On most teams they've been on, they have been, if not the most talented, one of. But now they get to that next level. So many times it's been about me. It's been about me. 
what's the key in getting a group of individuals like that to come together as one team? You know, I think time and and patience, if that makes sense. Um, a real uh, effort put into that as well as, you know, when you go in the gym and you work on your ball handling and your defensive stuff, it's, it's the time behind the scenes in the locker room uh, and when you're traveling, uh, just put him in situations where we're talking because we do that a lot with our guys. It's like the open forum, the open discussion. Uh, everybody uh, talk about your background, talk about your why. Um, and, and the unique thing is we might have continuity some years, uh, but you're always going to have a new team at different stages of their lives. So uh, each year you have to put in that time and effort into um, getting these guys to understand each other and to understand the coaches and, and the messaging. And um, you're continuing to um, put things together to sell that message, if that makes sense. But I think part of it you are talking about recruiting earlier is to bring in guys who value that. Um, every, bring in guys who – are made are about that stuff, but also want to be want to get better in that area. Like those guys, um, um, we gravitate towards. Obviously, like you said, there's talent, but we gravitate towards the guys whose arrows going up. That makes sense. Who really uh, hunger for growth in all areas. Let's talk about hungering for growth, because yourself or all of us have room to grow. So you've been a head coach now for five years. How have you grown in that time? I think I've grown a ton. And I think that's, I think the next five years is the goal is to grow as much or more. Uh, it, it never ends. And that's what's great about life changes and the game changes and then different people around. Uh, you learn from them. Um, you know, I've had next year, I'll have a couple new players. We do have staff continuity. But I mean, at the, in the short version of how things have changed, you know, when you're thrown into, I feel blessed that I was prepared for the position from the guys I worked with, but there's nothing like real time quick decisions you have to make in so many different areas. So things are smoother now, if that makes sense. When you're year one, you're kind of building everything. And, and I, I'm an idea guy and people might have to slow me down sometimes because I see endless potential, not just in this game, but for the Hawaii program. And, we inherited a unique situation that we have to stabilize. And now we're kind of back to building, which we want to be in. Um, but when you have, let's say, 20 different aspects going, and now they're kind of running itself, like our Coaches versus Cancer event, and we'll talk about them, I'm sure, later, our tip-off event, um, it's fun to watch. And so, um, if anything, that you're, you're now five years more experienced at making those decisions. Uh, you, you hope that you've improved in terms of delegating um, because – at the end of the day, I have an insanely good staff and we do some things and this is important in leadership too, where, you know, you build the trust and you empower and then you get out of their way. I think we have a staff full of future head coaches and you do that same thing with your players. So what I've learned as I'm sure most young coaches do when they go through it is um, more poise, more patience, more trust, and, um, and just continue to be appreciative for the, the blessing we have. You're an idea guy, and when you get involved, you like to get involved, and we've seen that with Coaches versus Cancer, and it's been fun personally for me over the past four or five years, seeing your involvement and just trying to say, hey, we can do more. How can I do more? Why are you so involved in supporting Coaches versus Cancer? I, that's an easy one. I, the, the cause. 
I mean, it starts right there. So um, what an incredible cause and an incredible fight. And then two, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why the part of the team? Because I, as you know, I love being part of a team. And I always say the coaches versus cancer is the ultimate team. Um, so I think the, the, the cause, the, the team, um, it's the learning, the education uh, in terms of from afar to now being directly involved. Uh, continues like anything when you're more invested or and not that it was going to be hard to get me invested but when you know about more about the what what you're part of the team you're part of and what we're trying to do it just creates more momentum and energy to try to help more so um and 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 i've been really fortunate and i appreciated uh you guys allowing me to part be part of this because i think it's it's like a second family for me uh friends family and and I'm just looking forward to the next steps. Obviously, we've done a lot in a short time, and we're looking to build off that. We're with the University of Hawaii head coach, Aran Ganat. He's part of the Coaches versus Cancer Council, which brings together the leadership of all the coaches around the nation, college basketball coaches, who work with Coaches versus Cancer, which is a partnership between the American Cancer Society and the NABC. And the one thing about Coach is he's wanted to be involved. How has cancer impacted you personally? You know, and this is a good question. Uh, it, it brings a good talking point. Initially, it was kind of, you know, your friends or your colleagues or coworkers, whatever, and you could, and they were involved. And uh, maybe it's a, for a player or, or someone you work with um, or, you know, just seeing their, the impact it's made on them. So I was in, in some sense not as – directly connected with this. Um, and this was before, this was during the time where we got involved with Coaches vs. Cancer. Um, and then, you know, actually during that time since, there's been more direct involvement in terms of maybe your family or, or guys, you more players or guys. You know, when we, we were part of so many groups here in Hawaii, we've lost some great folks the last couple of years, and they've become very much part of the family. But it speaks to the point that you should be involved, period not just if you're connected with this um, because reality is we're all connected with this and when it affects your family or friends it hurts you and um and hearing the stories and 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 you know talking to your players talking to your other extended family whatever it's hard not to have been impacted in one way or another so that's what got me going um i was you know we were, i was always involved in terms of suits and sneakers you know at the basic level and that was something as a young coach I, I always said hey this is something i'll probably want to learn more about if i'm ever fortunate enough to be a head coach one day and someone's crazy enough to let me run my own program then i want to know how i can be more involved because that would allow me to maybe do more in a different platform so it really uh started when i think oklahoma played us in the 2015 diamond head and mike shepherd who you probably know um who i talked to i think i don't know what we were talking about and i said this was either right before we played Oklahoma or right after. I said, hey, um, I'd like to talk to Coach Kruger. I'm, I'm literally like Googling up Coaches for Cancer and see Kruger and how influential he was. And then I said to Mike, hey, I'd like to talk to him about this, you know, thinking it might, you know, go in one year and whatever. It's maybe two, maybe 15 seconds off after the call, I got a call from Lon. So that's how it started. He, he basically got me going. He invited me to his event in Vegas. Um, then we were at, met you, obviously, and Natalie at the Final Four. And then we decided to try to put an event together. You know, there was some hesitation because we didn't know what we could do with uh, – we played North Carolina in 2016, and uh, Roy Williams was kind of our featured guest. 
at this event at Murphy's Bar and Grill, and we raised eight to ten thousand. And then here we are next year in year five, and have made it a formal event in conjunction with the Diamond Eight Classic. So each year we have eight, basically seven other coaches on there, but seven new coaches at at an event at the I think it's the Outrigger uh, uh, Bar and Market Grill. We have sponsors now, and all the and different coaches. So you're kind of raising money, raising awareness, and and maybe hopefully, if there aren't many involved, you're you're finding new uh, coaches to get involved. You've really been the case study when it comes to those who want to get involved with coaches versus cancer, because you talked about speaking to to Mike Shepard, who's the director of basketball operations at Oklahoma, a long time with Lon Kruger, who right now is the chairman of the council and so involved. Um, and you bring up Natalie Morrison with the American Cancer Society, really oversees coaches versus cancer. But you kept asking, what more can we do? What more can we do? And it was fascinating to see from the first time you had your fundraiser uh, there in Hawaii to bringing in the Diamond Head Classic. You think about how powerful that tournament is every single year. But you saw the assets that you had, and you said, let's bring this all together. And Really, it's become the case study for a young coach to get involved. What would you say to those coaches who are looking to get involved and might be a little intimidated to? Yeah, I think you guys helped me a lot with that um, because you're going to Lon's event and it's unbelievable now. I think it's maybe 10th or 12th, somewhere in there. They passed the 10-year mark already. And you, you, I guess it put the hesitation away. Just start, just go. Um, any every little bit counts um, because there's the combination of the money you raise and the awareness you raise and getting people. You, there's no there's no uh, figure to the impact that awareness can make, you know. And and let things grow. And I just think we are a good case study because we didn't know at first, and now all of a sudden we found what what what's right for where you're at. You know, it became how do we get coaches involved all the way to Hawaii? And it it just dawned on us. You know, we get the Diamond Hit Classic. Uh, we have all these national programs. It's an unbelievable event. Um, the Diamond Head Classic folks, ESPN, jumped in. I said the Outrigger folks jumped in. Um, Texaco and um, Alchi and his group jumped in. And then this year now Hawaii Pacific Health is jumping in. And so it's – and, you know, they, they talked about it during the Diamond Head. They, they, I think they filmed our event. It's really fun. It's really low-key. And, look, here we are, year five, just like that. And, you know – we'll have seven new coaches involved. And I think even since those events, some coaches who weren't are now involved and that's a great thing. So it, simple is just start, just go have fun with it. Don't every little bit counts, build something. And if 350 and there's more, more involvement than division one, obviously. Um, but if more, if each, each program does a little bit, it, it adds up. Um, and I think it's something you'll really enjoy being a part of. I think that's the biggest thing for coaches versus cancer. Obviously, the 357 Division I head coaches, we talk about that. But this is, this is the NABC that's involved. It's Division II. It's Division Three. It's high school coaches, youth coaches. Get involved. You talk about Lon's event in Las Vegas. That may net a million dollars. There's not many events like that. If there's an event that a high school does that gets $500, it's impactful. So if you're listening to this, and we know there's a lot of youth coaches, high school coaches, coaches at all levels of college, find a way to get involved and to be with team coaches versus cancer. Aran Ganat, he is a, a rising star when it comes to coaches versus cancer, a rising star when it comes to college coaching, 
And now it's time to go to overtime, Coach. Five very quick Here questions we go. for Here you. We go. And then the buzzer will sound, and we're out. First question. If you could pick your perfect meal, what would it consist of? I'm going to give you uh, overall, and I might give you one central to Hawaii, but uh, I love brisket. I have a side of sweet potato with, with uh, marshmallows, and then maybe some green beans just to give it a look. Um, I, I, I eat green beans, but the other two sound a lot tastier. Got to finish with apple pie. If it was uh, a Hawaii focus, I'm a big beef stew fan, and nobody makes beef stew better than Hawaii. So there's my answer to that. So you're East Coast guy, New Jersey, born in Philly. Where did the love of barbecue come from? You know, I think over the years with the team meals, um, my mom used to make a good brisket and a sweet potato with marshmallows. So um, whenever I can, but you know, it's, it's great that it's, I found spots that offer those in some different areas. Maybe not as good as my mom's who might be listening to this. So, Well played coach. Second question. If you weren't a coach, what would you be? You know, I was a double major at Swarthmore. I was in investment and uh, in, in economics as well. And so there was a, a, a lean towards being an investment banker, but I don't think I would have enjoyed it. Um, so I may have gone that route and may have left that route. I don't know if I would have been good that route, but um, I feel like it would have brought me back. If you're saying I can't coach, it would have brought me back to sports in some regard and probably more basketball. So maybe a, a, a management position in, in the NBA if someone's crazy enough to hire me. Three of your favorite movies. Uh, the number one, that's, I'm a huge movie guy and I can go different genres because I like the Disney Pixar movies and I love the superhero movies, but number one movie for me and of all time is A Few Good Men. Number two, I would go with Hoosiers and then I'll go three, Dark Knight. But all, all the we, Christian Bell Batman movies are great. We need you on that wall, Coach. <laughs> All right. Three words your wife Barbie would use to describe you. I, th uh, you know, I think number one, she would she'll always say, and I'll use the diplomatic way. She'll say consistent. Uh, more often, she uses the word stubborn. Um, number two, I would say uh, space cadet. You know the emoji? I get a lot the emoji where the person has the hand on the forehead, like stops your forehead, like, oh, gee, here we go again. That's the space cadet uh, emoji, I guess. And then last one, uh, she says, I make her laugh. So I found the one person I can make laugh. That's a quality right there. If you could find one, you stick with them. I just That's need for one. Sure. And finally, best leadership advice you have ever received? A lot of good ones, um, but it, this is a good. This leads to what we were talking about earlier about being around good people and authenticity. Um, so many people gave me good advice, but Riley Wallace once told me, "You, in, in, a, in a way, basically, you take from everybody and then you put yourself in it." And I've never forgotten that. Well, Coach, we appreciate you sharing yourself with us today. I know myself and those listening are going to be able to take something that you taught us today and it'll make us better. So thank you for your time today. Most importantly, thank you for your time supporting Coaches Versus Cancer. And for all of our listeners, we appreciate you being a part of Team Coaches Versus Cancer. You've been listening to Coached Up 
with Hawaii head coach Aran Ganah. Remember, life is a team sport, and we're rooting for you. Be great. <laughs>